That's the part that really eats at me the most. I get yeah. I get discredited all of the time because of things that happen to me outside of my control yep. at Worlds. If I got beat, I'm more than happy to shake the guy's hand who beat me, say congratulations, and then just go back to the drawing board and, and make myself better. But to show up to something that I've dedicated my entire life for and, and worked so hard and sacrificed so much, I've lost girlfriends, I've lost jobs, I've been homeless, I've, I've been starving, I have... Welcome to the Shaw Spring Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Shaw, and today I have got Mr. Evan Singleton. And for those of you that may not know, Evan has won three different Giants Live contests. Yep. So different podiums, kind of kind of took the strongman world by storm a little bit. A little bit. I will say. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's great to have you out here in Colorado and have you on the podcast. So welcome. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, it's, it's been good, man. So we're out here for a training weekend, and part of the training weekend is we get to sit down and podcast. So I'm all for it. Going to be a lot of fun, man. So getting into your story, I want to learn more about Evan. I want to learn about your backstory growing up, uh, what you were into you know, at a young age, what you were fascinated by, what you were intrigued by. Uh, so, so what was the first kind of love and passion Mainly when it comes to sports, but uh, you can go in any direction you want with that, man. Um, well, obviously, being known as the T-Rex, dinosaurs are an interest of mine. Paleontology is an interest of mine. That was okay. like my first ever real interest in anything. I saw the first Jurassic Park movie when I was like three or four, fell in love with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a natural thing, though, for kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even my boys are into it. I was into dinosaurs. I'm not going to lie. Everybody's got a dinosaur phase. Oh, man, 100%. I was just that yeah, kid yeah. that never grew out of it. That's all right, man. You're still a big kid. That's fine. That's oh, fine. yeah. Oh, yeah. I get so, that a lot. So dinosaurs was first. Dinosaurs was first. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and and still the still the last, apparently. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've found some other I've found some other loves that I that I I'm pretty passionate about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say my first athletic adventure that I really genuinely like enjoyed was wrestling. I loved wrestling. And to this day, I still love wrestling. I go to local wrestling tournaments. I like, I still roll around on the mats every once in a while just to kind of keep that ingrained in me. Yeah. Like, what, what age, what age did you get into that? Oh God. I want to say I started wrestling when I was like seven or eight. Okay, and so I, young. Yeah, oh, yeah, very young, young very young. Okay. And I wrestled all the way through middle school and then all the way through high school. That's great, man. That's, what did you love about it? A lot of things, really. I loved the physicality. Um, I loved the requirements that it, the, the things that it required to be a good wrestler. Um, like you needed to have stamina, you needed to be strong, you needed to know what you're doing. And all of that is essentially stuff that you work on on your own. Like, I like the responsibility of making myself a better athlete instead of, like, team sports, for example. I was never a big team sports fan at all, watching, playing at all, because if you don't do well, then, oh, well, it, it was because that person didn't catch the ball or that person didn't block the goal or whatever it was. Everybody's got their role on the team, for exactly, sure. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know how it is growing up in sports. Um, not everybody's going to be on the same page. Some kids don't care about it as much. Some kids aren't trying. 
And then there's people like me and I'm it's people like you too, where if we're going to do it, we're going after it. We're playing to win. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like, that's, that's one of my favorite things about wrestling was the responsibility is on you, whether you win or lose, it's you. If you're not conditioned enough, if you're not good enough, if you're not strong enough, you're going to lose and that's your own fault. Go back to the wrestling room and work on that and be better. Well, you can only you can only look yourself in the mirror. Exactly. And and rest, wrestling is an interesting one. We actually put both of our boys into wrestling uh just to, just to give them that experience. Yeah. But also I think there's a lot of takeaways. It was interesting one of the coaches when we got there. He said and I loved it. I loved it. He's like, "Look, this is going to go against a lot of things in society, mm-hmm. right, yep. especially right now. And, and I mean, it's a little bit different. I feel like even when you were growing up hundred percent to right now, and I loved it. I loved what he said. And he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're going to have to get into to each other's personal space and you're going to have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's not going to be a, a comfortable situation. And I loved it. I loved them getting into that and, and, and seeing how they were going to respond. And, you know, I think that, there's a lot of takeaways in that. And, and, you know, wrestling, I think you you can learn a lot from it, like you said, mm-hmm. and it's an individual sport. And, you know, I, I grew up playing more team sports, obviously getting into basketball and you had your role. And I, I always looked at it as a individual battle. So I had my individual battle to win within right. that. But at the end of the day, you win and lose as a team, right? So you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I still remember moments where, there were big games and certain guys on the team failed their role. Right. And that's, and, and again, you win and lose as a team. So you right. can't say maybe I could have done something else. And that's the way I tried to think about it. But inevitably you could have a great game and the team could still lose. Exactly. Right. And that's, that's a tough one for a lot of people. It's a tough one, man. So that mm-hmm. it sounds like that was the case for you. Did you ever try team sports or was it? Oh, I, I growing up, I played everything at least once I did football, basketball, baseball, volleyball. T- I tried tennis. I went out for track. I, so you did everything. I did everything at least once. And Every, it, everything. It, did anything stick at all? Wrestling. Just wrestling. Wrestling was okay. the most consistent thing in my entire young life. And awesome, man. I was perfectly happy with that. I mean, I was doing different styles of wrestling over the summer. I was doing all of my conditioning. I mean, I even I even went out for football my junior year just to use the conditioning that they were doing for my wrestling season. That's great. I, so I didn't give a shit about football. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, but you were using that just to stay in shape. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what uh, what size were, were you when you when you were wrestling? I mean, as you got through middle school and into high school – were you having to cut a lot of weight or no, were no. you competing open? Just I was always a heavyweight. Ever, yeah. I was going to say, okay. I was, I was a very chubby kid and okay. um, wrestling was a way for me to kind of defend my, learn how to defend myself a little bit. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but when I was growing up, my parents kind of, they beat it into me that I'm much larger than every other kid that I'm going to be associated with. So if, I get into a fight, I can seriously hurt somebody. Yep. And that's not something that, that I need to deal with or they need to deal with. So they essentially, they told me not to like put my hands on anybody. So that actually kind of, it kind of stunted me a little bit as far as like learning how to stand up for myself. And you know how kids are, man. Like they, oh, can, they can be brutal. Smell weakness. Yeah, for sure. For if sure. 
you could be the big you could be the size of a full grown adult at fifth in fifth grade, but if they know that you won't fight back, you're yeah. you're the biggest target. I, I was I was more told along the lines of you're not gonna throw the first punch, but if somebody does that, then you're gonna finish it. Yep. So that was more what I was told. So it I didn't really maybe have that ex, ex, same experience, but I understood that I was bigger, mm-hmm. right? And and because of that, I think there were certain certain kids that, that would inevitably try to pick on me a little bit more because I was bigger. So you'd have the, the much smaller ones, which you had to kind of then decipher because it wasn't necessarily a physical attack. It was more verbal. Of course. Right? So it's, it's you know, learning to stand up for yourself. And, and, you know, even though they're just talking, I think I always tried to make them understand that, that okay, physically, if, if something was going to happen, especially as I got a little bit older, mm-hmm. you would be in trouble. Right. And yeah. I, I would, I, if you did something, I would finish it. So that they, they kind of had a line, I feel like, but there was teasing, man. And that's, that's part of, it is a little part of growing up. And I think that, that, you know, now, not, I, not, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to condone bullying or anything like that, but mm. kids, kids are going to be kids. Yeah. Right. And, and, and through different experiences you have in childhood, it will shape you, it will mold you, it will make you stronger, mm-hmm. and you have to go through some of that. And, and now I, f- I feel like, and again, this is kind of going back to the wrestling and the personal space and you know, doing things that are maybe uh, uh, not as socially acceptable, but you know, the, some kids might need to be told, hey, look, you know, the, the teasing, a little bit of teasing isn't going to, isn't going to kill you. Right. It's, right. it's the, the going back to, uh, what's the saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I think some kids need to hear that more. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree completely. So, um, in my personal opinion, obviously again, same as you, I'm not going to condone bullying, but at the totally. same time you need at a, especially at a younger age, and this is just my personal opinion, but I feel like you need to go through a little bit of that controversial interactions with other people to learn how to deal with that both emotionally and physically totally you need to be you need to be able to stand up for yourself and you need to be able to know that like i can handle this situation no matter what direction it goes down if you're going to insult me i need to be able to emotionally control myself if you're going to attack me i know how to physically defend myself totally that's and and you only learn that through those situations i mean well unless you get in them you don't you don't know exactly that. yep and i i agree man it's very well said very well said so the wrestling i would imagine probably gave you a lot more self-confidence though yeah right I would because say so. because you had to be in better shape and and, and it was mm-hmm. something that that kind of naturally came now when did when did lifting weights come along with that I wanted to get better at wrestling because I was committed to wrestling. I loved the sport. I loved everything it did for me. And I will say this, both my wrestling coaches, um, Steve Hess and Mike Fowler, they are kind of directly responsible for a lot of the mindset that I have now with strongman and training in general. Um, Train as hard or if not harder than you would be going out and stepping on the mat to compete. So that way when you go out there, it's easier um be intense be aggressive and have purpose and my biggest one nobody's going to do the work for you so if you don't put in the work you don't get the results that's how it works that's how life works so a lot of the lessons that i carry around as an adult i learned from wrestling and i have wrestling to thank for that um yeah yeah but it was that was the 
the best thing that I had going on in my life was wrestling. It's all I looked forward to, and I wanted to get really good at it. So I was committed to making myself better, and one of those avenues was getting stronger. So I wanted to go to the gym. I started going to the gym in middle school when I was like 13. Perfect. Started going to that gym. Didn't know what I was doing at all. I remember the first time that I went to the gym, I've seen people bench press before. So I tried bench press. I'm 13 years old. Like I'm strong for a 13-year-old, but I'm not like... I'm not seasoned in weightlifting at of all. Of course not. Yeah. I didn't know not. what I was doing. I put a, a plate on the bar. <laughs> I, I put it on 135. Yeah. Like yeah. first time ever touching so a d- bench. So didn't start out with the bar. No, no. Just started what, right to a, a plate. plate. Plate it up. I've seen right. people put plates on this. So this is how this works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in my, in my dumb little 13 year old head. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so good. Yeah. I get under the bar. I unrack it. And I get pinned. Spotter, no spotter. <laughs> no spotter. No spotter. No wow. spotter. That's bold, man. That's no, bold. it was dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So did you have clips on? How did you get out of it? Oh, I had clips on, yeah. And I, I sat there for a little bit. And actually, it's another it's another reason why I'll never make fun of anybody for going to the gym. It was maybe less experienced or not as strong or anything like that. Everybody who's trying to improve themselves deserves respect. Um, there was a group of high school, I'm like 13 years old. There was a group of like 17, 18 year old high school football players in the gym at the same time. They're on the bench right next to me and I'm pinned. I can't move. And I try to get one of their attention. I say, Hey, Hey, can you help me? I can't, I can't get this bar off of me. And I remember the guy turning around, he looked at me. He chuckled and then he went back to the conversation he was having and just left me oh, there. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Really so nice. I was there for a guy I was there for a good two or three minutes before the the guy who was running the weight the the weight room at the high school, he came over and and pulled it off my chest. So and he then, wouldn't help. The guy wouldn't help. No, no. He looked at me, laughed, and then turned back around. Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's exactly the wrong thing to do. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, especially yeah. you see a thirteen year old kid, it's like, hey, you could have had a a much different approach there, which would have left you. I mean, it could have been a very positive interaction. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, buddy, you know, let me help you up, and you know, maybe give a couple pointers or something. If he had done it, like mm-hmm. that, could have been so different. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, well, yeah. that helped shape my mindset to uh, being a bigger and stronger person in the gym, trying to be more of a role model. Makes because, sense. Makes sense. And I'm sure that you've gotten this too, interacting with like quote unquote normal people i'm sure you've gotten this interaction too it's like wow you're really big you're really freaking strong i was expecting you to be like a monster like like just i was expecting you to be kind of an asshole you're actually a really nice guy i've gotten that so much and for sure in my mind why is it that because i'm larger than you and stronger than you that i'm automatically an asshole that's always my question. Well, the, a lot of people like to use stereotypes, I think. 100%. Right? And so it's, it's, okay, you fit this stereotype, you must be that. Mm-hmm. And I think no matter what, for some, for some reason, it, it's the, you know, the bigger, stronger guys, okay. And, and maybe, maybe it's because we compete or, or whatever. People are not expecting, not expecting that to happen right like oh i was scared to come up and talk to you i was scared to do this but i'm really happy i did because i I got something out of it but those people also that were scared that have a positive interaction with you are going to remember that too right Right. so right it's it's neat man i mean it it did shape like having that experience it shapes it too absolutely now 
now you've gotten in a position where you're bigger and stronger and well, can have that. Well, happen. this goes back to uh, kids experience, experiencing adversity. I could have taken that situation and I could have became incredibly bitter and I could have seen myself as a victim. But I choose to use that that moment as an opportunity to not only learn, okay, well, now every time that I have a bench and I'm going for something heavy, I have a spotter, one. Yeah, yeah. But two, I'm also taking that 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 really shitty instance as an opportunity for me to be a better person than that person was to me. Makes sense. So I now love it. I love it. If I'm in if I'm in a commercial gym and it's like an accessory day and I'm putting up like four plates for just sets of ten, easy. Yep. Some guy can come up to me that's benching a quarter on each side. I want that person to come up to me and feel comfortable asking me for a spot because I'll I'll be more than happy to. Of course. More yeah, than yeah, happy yeah, yeah. to. And they'll remember it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just because you're big and strong doesn't mean you're better than anybody else. Yeah. So so after that, you're going and that's your first experience, but did, I'm assuming you learned or did did somebody kind of then take you kind of under their wing to show you a little bit more in the weight room no or you just you just trial and aired it i trialed and aired it and i learned from watching people okay i started okay. picking up on what compound movements were and i started structuring my workouts based on what i saw other people doing interesting okay yeah. okay um and to be totally honest um uh, i wanted to com i committed to wrestling and i wanted to get stronger for wrestling but i was i was kind of an angry kid I had a lot of emotional stuff that I was dealing with and that I was working towards that I was struggling with. And the gym has just always been therapy for me. It really has. The gym has always been a constant in my life. And it's always something that I could always rely on. Yeah. Uh, girlfriend breaks up with you. Parents get divorced. Your pet dies. Your, your friend screws you over. School's not going well. Sports isn't going well. You can always go to the gym and burn it off. Makes sense. You always yep. can. Yep, yep. Um, and it's actually funny because when I, this was before I got to the point in strong man that I am, when I very, very first started, I, I would look up on YouTube motivational strong man videos and it would be like three minute clips of just snippets of all the pros compete, like competing and training like you, Z, Eddie, all of those guys. Yeah. And there's one, I don't know if you know, by McAveal motivation. Okay. He made one of you. Okay. And I favorited that video. It's still in my, my lifting weights uh, playlist on YouTube. Okay. And uh, you made a quote that said, the, at the end of the day, a 45-pound bar doesn't care if you have a good day or a bad day. It's just there to be lifted. Yep. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my favorite videos. Too. I, I love it, that. man. I love it. No, I would watch that before I would go into the gym, and it would kind of help put me in the right mindset to go after my training. That's, that's amazing. Amazing, yeah. amazing. I love hearing that. So... With that being said, I mean, do you mind sharing what you what you were dealing with more? No, like, like no. Because you said you're kind of angry. You're dealing with a lot. You're using that as an outlet, which is a healthy outlet, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and amazing. But I mean, was there was there other stuff kind of going on that was causing that? Mm. You know, I mean, it's it's. And if you don't want to go, oh no, no, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. I I really don't mind talking about it. It's just part of the story. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Growing up, my parents worked a lot, so they weren't home very often. And also growing up, I have an older sister, and she had a lot of behavioral issues. Okay. I won't get too far into that because that's her personal business. But when my parents would come home from work, they would have to deal with her, and they would have to try to control her and keep her in check. 
growing up, as far as rules went and as like being a child was considered, I was a very good kid. I followed the rules. I did what my parents said. I, I tried to be good. And I guess indirectly that made it easier for them to f- put more focus and attention on my sister going through issues. And like Evan will be okay. We'll just get him an, uh, like a video game or something. And then he'll go fuck off in the basement for the rest of the night. Yeah. While we take care of my sister. Gotcha. So she was, she was kind of demanding the, that attention. So instead you didn't get the, you didn't get any attention. Right. Basically like, okay, just do your thing, whatever. Yeah. Like they would get Which into sucks. Like, I mean, that's doesn't, yeah. Well, they would get into like screaming matches and physical altercations and stuff like that. And I would just go into the basement with the family dog and just play my video games and try to sure. turn it out. And, um, it's, it's not, it's not the most fun thing when your like 11 year old son doesn't want a new video game or a new toy or anything. He just wants a little bit of time with you. Of course. But it's horrible, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's just the cards that you were dealt. Yeah. So, and again, like I could have, I could have taken the easy route and just played victim, but of course. I chose to do something further. I chose to better myself. That's why I got thrown into wrestling. That's why I got thrown into the gym. That's why, it's why whenever I put my mind to something, no matter what it is, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm tunnel visioned to that idea. Makes I was, sense. I was like that for wrestling. I was like that for bodybuilding, WWE, strongman, everything that I do. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, no, no it makes sense. It makes sense, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Oh, of course. I mean, somebody out there is going to listen to this and say, "Hey, I'm I'm." kind of in that same situation mm-hmm. right and i think sometimes we don't realize uh how impactful that can be to mm-hmm. people that are either going through it or have gone through it mm-hmm. right and 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 maybe they didn't take the exact same path that you did and have the wrestling outlet or the the lifting outlet or, or whatever to kind of channel that emotion because we all have emotions of course at the end of the day we all have emotions and some are good some are bad uh, somewhere in between and, and and you have to figure out how to tie into those and use those and and again like you said you're saying it very well you, you're not going to play the victim card right i right? refuse it, to exactly and 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 you could have and so many people do right oh god it's the go-to nowadays yeah and it's it's ridiculous so it's, mm-hmm. it's neat that you're coming out so like somebody listening to this could take that away and that's that's awesome so yeah. you're using the gym as an outlet you're wrestling mm-hmm. you're in high school at this point, do you have aspirations of, of going to college? I did originally, but during this entire time, I was also infatuated with professional wrestling. Okay. Like, I loved watching it. So, you're already re- real wrestling in a way, but yeah, now it's yeah. like, hey, all right, I makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of the criteria for uh, professional wrestling is having an athletic background, especially in amateur wrestling. Those, those guys get looked at by the bigger companies. Okay. And uh, I, I just, I was infatuated with it. It's what I wanted to do. So, and keep in mind that I got to the point in my wrestling career, my amateur wrestling career, um, I was nationally ranked. I was going to States. I was, I was, I was doing all of this stuff. I was very, I was very good. Sounds like it. Yeah. I, I think I went 26 and O my senior year before I went God, to that's districts. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great. Um, where did, where were you, where were you at? What state? 
Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So okay. it was a hard wrestling school. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, yeah, they're, they're known for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Penn State absolutely. wrestling is no joke. And it's actually yeah. funny because I was offered a scholarship to Penn State to be their heavyweight wrestler. Really? I and, was offered and you turned it down. multiple scholarships. Penn State, Rutgers University. Wow. I was offered multiple full ride Did you consider it, though? I totally considered it, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not the type of person that ever wants to have to say, what if okay. I would have I, I pursued that? What if I would have just dropped everything and just pursued my dream? Okay. So I you're, you're, you're saying your dream was to go, go WWE? Go WWE, yeah. Okay. Be a pro wrestler. And, like... Like, I, I just don't want to be that type of person, like, 15, 20 years down the road going, what if I would have pursued professional wrestling? Like, what would have happened? wonder how far I would have made it. Yeah. I, wanna, I would rather know that I can't do it than wonder if I could. So out of curiosity, do you feel like if you would have taken the scholarship opportunity, do you feel like the WWE door would have closed? Yes. Okay. Why do you feel that way? Because that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So they they did they approach you or how were you given that opportunity? Um, well, after I graduated high school, um, I committed to a year of pursuing professional wrestling, and if I wasn't getting any traction with that, then I would go back to college. Okay, and I would get a degree. So you ha- you ha- potentially had that yeah that outlet. Yeah, I had a plan. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I I tried to play it safe with that because I knew that it was wild trying to pursue something like pro wrestling. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I found a wrestling school and unfortunately it was in Philadelphia. It was the closest wrestling school I could go to that had any kind of credibility to it, it was CZW wrestling. And I was in living in Lancaster city where I was born, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I was making the trek from Lancaster to Philadelphia and then Philadelphia back to Lancaster four times a week. And that was about an hour and a half drive each way. Yeah. One way. Okay. So three hours of driving four times a week a lot yeah 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 Yeah. and a lot of people don't know this i actually never had a live wrestling match in front of a crowd until i got to wwe interesting yeah so that was all just school that was all just school so you're you're learning you're learning moves and yep how to move in the ring and and some of the the persona i'm imagining like a little bit of that stuff yeah developing a character okay and all of that good stuff um and one day when i was training at in Philadelphia, somebody came up to me who's friends with, uh, he said he was friends with the WWE talent relations. He said, kid, I think you have a really good look. You move really well in the ring. I think you have a lot of potential. Do you mind if I snap a picture of you and I get your information and I send it to my friend at talent relations? And in, awesome. my, in my mind, there's no way that I can know for sure if he's being legit. Yeah. But what do I have to lose? Of course. Screw it. Why not? Go ahead. And sure enough, I got a phone call about two months later, a month or two later, uh, from talent relations, the guy that he was referencing, and he offered me a week long tryout in Florida. Okay. For WWE. Yep. And keep in mind, I'm 18 right now. I'm right out of high school. 18 yeah, years not old. not old. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I got. They flew me down to. Uh, they flew me down to Tampa, Florida, where the training center was at the time, and I showed them what I can do in the ring. I cut a promo, and I stayed for like. I stayed for a week. I, I just watched one of their live, like in-person house shows. And then I flew back and I just continued on with my life. I was like, okay, well, I hope that went well. And I hope I get a call back. And sure enough, I'm, about a month later, I got a call from John Laurinaitis, who was the head of talent relations 
like like the big guy that's in charge of hiring and firing and he offered me a three-year contract wow yeah that's awesome man that's yes. awesome so you doors were opening doors were opening that's great so so i'm assuming you took him up on that oh absolutely yeah. so where did you have to move then yep yep i okay. packed up my I, po- I packed up my little 2002 dodge stratus with all my worldly possessions and i moved down to tampa florida by awesome. myself awesome that's crazy so you're still 18 still 18 at that point so three year three year contract and you'd sign then and got into that and, and how did that go uh, not very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I little, I know a little bit, but I'm, I'm curious to hear more. The, uh, the wrestling culture and the way that that business is run is not as it appears on television. Um, it's hyper political, like bad political. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for people to do not so pleasant things and be rewarded for it. Mm. And, it just didn't work out for me. I didn't feel like I fit in. I, well, um, I would imagine at 18, that's probably pretty eye-opening. It was a lot. It was a very overwhelming experience, but uh, I will find the silver lining in it. Like my entire life, for the most part, I just spent in Lancaster. I mean, I've been to like two or three states just for like vacation or something like that. And I didn't have a lot of worldly experience. And I went from that quote-unquote bubble life that I had in Pennsylvania to completely on my own and by myself in Florida dealing with all of this stuff I learned a lot about how the world really works and I learned a lot about how people will treat you and how to deal with that so I would I would imagine it's kind of a crash course with a lot of that stuff yeah um (laughs) Essentially, one of the biggest lessons that I learned from WWE was just because you're a good person doesn't mean the world will be good to you. <laughs> hey, that's that's the truth, man. Unfortunately, it is the truth. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It was a hard lesson to learn, but it's it's something that I, I'm grateful for now because it, it, it taught me a lot about how the world really works, and that's what I use today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long how long did you stay down there? I mean, before you had your, your first live match um i want to say that i had my first live match maybe two months into training okay finally put me in there and it didn't it didn't go very well i mean in the in the wrestling world i'm considered green i don't know what i'm doing in the ring that took a little bit to kind of understand like ring technicalities and coming up with spots and stuff like that presenting a storyline in the ring yeah obviously pro wrestling shocker it's not real yeah yeah (laughs) it's a performance art that's exactly what it is sure so it took me a little bit longer to pick up on than i would have liked not to mention the fact that the 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 other people in the class didn't really care for me too much so you were kind of button heads with a few different people there pretty much everybody okay okay it was like one or two people out of a class of like 30 and wrestling is a very fickle world in a sense of in wwe if you don't have wrestling lineage a lot of independent wrestling experience or any kind of established name in the business people aren't going to like you and here i am fresh out of high school 18 years old never wrestled a match in his life starry-eyed sure walking in the door yeah, walking yeah, in absolutely. the door i was not anybody's favorite no, I mean, hey, man, I understand. I understand. Yeah. You're you're walking into a situation where you're kind of up against it, mm-hmm. right? And and you're realizing this. And 
I, I can imagine, man. At 18, that's got to be a little bit tough. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest thing to deal with. <laughs> yeah. So so how long how long did you stay there before everything kind of happened? Well, I was I was in WWE for a total of three years, my entire contract. Um, I was in Florida for a little over two years, and a little bit before I hit the one year mark, I actually got injured during a match. I was perform. I was wrestling with Eric Rowan, and he gave me a choke slam. And every every move in professional wrestling is a work, so it's not meant to actually hurt you. Okay, <laughs> um, I'll leave it up to the discrepancy of anybody who watches that that match to make up their own mind. But the move was performed incorrectly, and instead of landing flat on my back, where I can my entire body can absorb the blow, yeah. I landed on the back of my head. And my head bounced up against the mat, and that that sudden impact and rattle actually gave me a hemorrhage in the left side of my brain. Man, and that was only a year in less than a year. So did that get assessed, or or how did I mean? How did you find that out, or what was the, what was the repercussion from that? Um, well, it 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 kind of gave me symptoms that I have to deal with to this very day. Okay, um, my memory is terrible. My short term memory is is almost non existent. Man, um, I mean, I have I have sensory overload very very badly. Okay, there's anxiety and depression issues that I have to keep in check. Otherwise, it gets really bad. Gotcha, it gets really bad. Um, and yeah, I also can't take any sudden or extreme impacts to the back of my head where obviously I bounced my head. Otherwise, I could run the risk of that injury reopening. And this was explained to me by my neurologist too. Um, any impact to the back of my head like that could potentially reopen that wound and I will bleed inside of my skull until the pressure built up actually compresses my brain and I'll die. Man alive. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, but that was only a year in and you said you finished the three years. Yeah. I was still under contract for three years. Yeah. Okay. After I, after that match, I never wrestled another match. So you didn't, I was going to say, no, no, like I thought, I thought you got out um when that did happen but no but you so what were you just kind of then just training or or? i was i was stagnant because my neurologist wasn't clearing me to exercise not definitely not get in the ring okay and everything like that but keep in mind that i still can't remember from the moment that it happened until about a month to a month and a half afterwards i have no memory of that at all it's just black wow i don't remember any of that i don't remember how i got home that night I don't remember what the trainers that were on site said. Nothing. So nothing, nothing, nothing. at all. So you're you're basically waiting for, to get cleared to get back in. Yep. And you're still under contract. So I imagine that's kind of. I mean, did did you want to wrestle again, or or after you're hearing this, you're like, wait a minute, I don't really want to. I don't um, want to go down that road again. I wanted to, but I also wanted to be smart about it because what my neurologist told me, she told me that if I take another hit like that, I'm dead. Yeah. No, it's a big, that's not, you can't play with that. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Right. So, and believe me, the WWE staff wasn't very helpful either. Yeah. I remember their head coach at the time who he's been fired now for misconduct. Go figure. Yeah. Um, he would text me every day and he would kind of like try to pressure me into coming back to practice and training and getting back in the ring and all Even that. with that diagnosis. Well, here's the funny thing was for like months Afterwards, 
like he would text me every day like when are you coming to training are you are you better yet like what's going on yada 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 yeah. and they sent me to get cat scans they sent me to get mris from multiple different neurologists and multiple different texts and everything like that i've done multiple sleep studies uh i did i did the study where they they actually hooked wires up to my head and i had to walk around with that for a week oh wow yeah i've done everything multiple yeah. times and when I finally got the diagnosis about the hemorrhage, I remember texting. Um, I remember texting the head coach, and said they just confirmed that I have evidence of a severe brain brain injury. Uh, it was a hemorrhage in the left side of my brain. And his exact message back to me was, "Oh, okay, rest up soon." And that was all he said. <laughs> but rest he stopped. Soon. He stopped harassing me after I said that. So he knew what was going on. He yeah, knew that yeah. if he pushed that envelope, that that could be bad for him. Yeah. So, so what at that point, what happened? Cause I don't, I'm imagining you're probably in pretty, pretty good physical condition. No, not at that point. No, no. Once wrestling, but wrestling wise. I'm oh, sorry. during when I was wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was super athletic. So you got that diagnosis days. and then is that where things kind of fell apart? Yeah. On that end? Yeah, okay. it really was. I mean, I'm, here's another, here's another example of the love that I got from the WWE, uh, uh, faculty i guess you could say um i wasn't cleared to exercise my neurologist was very very clear that she is very concerned about any kind of strenuous activity would put pressure on my brain and, and i could have difficulties from it no exercising at all so you can imagine i'm not allowed to exercise something that i've been doing for um, like like nine years now well, that's your outlet take. yeah that's your outlet yeah. yeah eight years whatever it was so i'm not able to do that i lose a lot of my motivation and i start eating like crap and I'm just figuring. So what? Just to give an example, what body weight were you at when you had the injury? Two forty-five, and just lean. I'm imagining. Yeah, lean. I had abs, definition, all that good stuff. And then where did you go to? Three eighty-five. Three eighty-five. Three eighty-five. Wow. I have the pictures to prove all of this. No, story. no. I I feel like I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen probably. I, yeah, yeah. That's. That's insane, man. Yeah. So how long did it take to put that much weight on? It took a while. Okay. It took okay. a while because I remember I wasn't able. Because after, after um, I was pretty much just committed to being done with wrestling, I moved back to Pennsylvania where I could try to start over. Yeah. And, yeah, that's when I really started putting on weight. But I do remember that after I was done with WWE, my contract had expired, and I was talking to the neurologist that I was seeing at the time. I finally got the green light to go back to the gym. So how long did how long did that take? Uh, it probably took about two years. So two years you weren't cleared, and since you were under contract at that point, you could not go. Right. So even were you trying to? You, I'm guessing you didn't sneak or couldn't sneak on your own to go, or you were scared to go. I was scared to go. Okay. okay. I mean, at this at this point in time, when the neurologist first told me that. Um, I could die if it happens again. Yeah. And she also told me something else. And keep in mind that I'm I'm a 19-year-old kid who thinks that he's living his dream of being a pro wrestler with the WWE. And 19 years old, I was told that the symptoms that you're experiencing right now, you'll probably have for the rest of your life. And wrestling probably isn't going to work out. Yeah. So I was devastated. Of course you're devastated. I was devastated. Absolutely. That, that broke my heart. Well, to, I mean, to put it lightly, man, you put, you put everything, I mean, to put, to some, people need to understand, like, that's, that's not a small thing. Mm. It's not a small thing. You put this dream into action. Everything seems like it's working out, right? You move 
to another state, pick up everything, go, you know, the stage is set, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you probably thought this is going to be my career. I'm going to make yeah. this work. And you went a hundred percent into it. So to, to have that happen and have it be pulled away, taken away, right? It is a tough moment. So, you know, you, it sounds like you very much then spiraled into a bad spot because mm. oh, yeah. not only is wrestling gone, working out is gone. Yeah. And you're putting on a ton of weight, which probably made you feel like crap. Well, at the risk of taking this into a darker direction, this is actually where I got close. This this is around the time where I got to my first suicide attempt. Yeah. Yeah. That's so around that time when you're 385 mm-hmm. and you're just, I, well, I'm imagining you're just not seeing a lot of direction to go. Right. I, I felt yeah. the way that I remember it is I remember feeling like I was living in purgatory. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know where my life was going. I didn't know when I was going to get cleared to do anything again. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm being kind of harassed by the trainers at WWE. Like, yeah. I, I just the morale was at an all time low. Man, that's crazy. So how? So how? I mean, if you don't mind sharing, what what was that, or what was your plan, or like what you know? I went to the Tampa Bay uh, Bridge. That was the connecting. It was connecting between Largo and Tampa. I went to the middle of the bridge. I got out of my car and I got on the side of the bridge and I was about to jump off. Wow. And what happened? Uh, I had to get stopped by the police. So they put, they just happened to be there and pull. No, no. I was, I was, I I didn't get out of my car and just like try to jump. I was, I was standing on the edge for a while. Somebody somebody called the police. There's somebody on the bridge. Okay. So they, they come and stop you, which is good. Yeah. And then, I mean, did that moment going through that, did that, scare you i mean how did you how did you feel coming out of it because a lot of, a lot of people will will go to that point right and you're you're kind of on the brink of doing something like that and you'll ha- you'll have see something or 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 your life will kind of you know you're in a, in a spot where it's like this is this is a a, a final chapter potentially mm-hmm. So coming out of that, how did how did you feel, or where did you go in your head? Or it's like the police stop you. It's like, man, I'm glad I didn't do that because now I am going to go in this direction. Or I mean, how did you feel coming out of it? To be honest with you, my first thought when all of the commotion settled down was, now what? So uh, it wasn't that moment. You didn't have that moment then. No, it was kind of like, oh crap. Okay, well, well, that that moment didn't come until the third attempt. So this is something that's you're down the rabbit hole. When I was a young adult, I I had a lot of problems and I had a really hard time struggling to find a reason to live. I felt like I was alone all the time and nobody genuinely gave a shit about me. Yeah. And just the overwhelming feeling of never feeling like you're good enough. That's, that's a reoccurring theme that I've had for a lot of my life was just constantly feeling like I'm not enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. man, man of life. So third, so what happened with the third, third attempt then? Um, it was a bridge again. I got stopped when I was in Pennsylvania. I went to the Harrisburg bridge and I, again, I was about to jump off that and somebody called the police and stopped me. And that, and that time I actually, I ended up getting put into a, uh, a three day, 72 hour hold. Okay. That's pretty much just like making sure that if they release you, you're not going to go out and do it again. They're checking your mental stability, yada, 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 all that stuff. Okay. Um, that was, oh God, when was that? 
that was after bodybuilding. That was around the time where I found strongman, honestly. So you had, you had, at that point, you had dropped the weight then? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm getting way too far ahead of myself. Okay, so I was going to say. Yeah, so we're, yeah. So go down that path because yeah. I want to know, I want to know how you dropped the weight, but you know that because 385 you you were i saw the bodybuilding pictures man you mm. got pretty shredded oh yeah i was i was at like four or five percent body fat okay so what prompted that what prompted that so that you you're going down this road 385 is not going to be evident 385 anymore right. now now you're going down the bodybuilding right so I, re, rewind just yeah, a little just bit a little like, bit i'll <laughs> go back in time just a little bit okay okay so i'm 385 pounds i'm not exercising i'm drinking two liters of soda and eating an entire pizza to myself every single day oh my goodness. every day every day wow and I, f I finally, I, w I had a, an appointment with my neurologist and she actually gave me the green light to go back to working out. She says that she thinks that the progression of my recovery and um, my symptoms have started going down in consistency. So I think we're okay to just dip our feet in, like start off slow and be smart about it. Yep. Don't push yourself too hard at once, but I think that you're okay to go back to exercising. And I remember coming out of that appointment going... I was just thinking to myself, I hate the way that I look. Yeah. I hate looking at myself in the mirror. I really do. Because I'm 385 pounds of mashed potatoes. I yeah, hate it. I hate it. Totally. Well, especially coming from where you were. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a in-shape, competitive wrestler. Yeah. And you go to 385. So I imagine that that green light has to feel good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I That was at that exact moment when I left that appointment. I thought... I hate the way that I look. I'm going to like the way that I look in the mirror again. I'm going to become a bodybuilder. So and out of that appointment, that happened. Exactly. Crazy. I went to the gym later that day. Okay. And I rediscovered my love for lifting weights and all that good stuff. That's insane, man. Insane. So I'm going to be a bodybuilder. Boom. Oh, no. And it, was, it wasn't just that. Like I was, I, I, when, when I committed to being a bodybuilder, I was like, I'm going to go all the way to the Olympia. Okay, so and that's that's a Evan at three eighty five, not good three eighty five. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna get that's super insane. super lean. I'm gonna commit to being a okay. bodybuilder, and I want to be one of the best bodybuilders. I love it. Well, again, it goes back to the theme. You're gonna go all in. Mm -hmm. 100%. Right? So you're not just so. So how long did it take then, or what was that process like? Dropping the weight and, and oh, getting that into was, that. That was uh, in layman's terms hell. <laughs> I can I can honestly only imagine. You probably felt like crap. Yeah. Oh God, it was awful. Yeah. I was doing two hours of cardio every day on top of two plus hours of weight training every day, every single day of the week, seven days a week, no rest. Crazy. Um, I got my diet in check, and then I found a bodybuilding coach who showed me how to pose, and he showed me how to train properly as a bodybuilder, which I'm actually. In retrospect, I'm very thankful for because a lot of that training that I learned in bodybuilding, I actually instill in my training now for strongman because I feel like mind-to-muscle connection is something that's not talked about very often in strongman. Yep. But it's something that helps me a lot. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think it's I think it's important. I yeah. mean, you're right. It doesn't get talked about a lot. But I think having having that connection and understanding what should be moving and how you should be feeling, it is important. 
Yeah. And we don't need to necessarily go down that, but how long did it take dropping the weight before? Cause I can't imagine you're going to opposing coach when you're, no, when you're that no, not when I'm looking, no. when I'm looking like chunk. No, 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 <laughs> no. So uh, you had to get in pretty good shape. I imagine before yeah. you got in that, that room like that. Yeah. It took me about eight months. Wow. It took me so, eight months. So 385 to what? 240. So, so you dropped 140 pounds basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Eight months, man. I got on stage at 241 pounds. That's insane. In eight months? Eight months. So you, I mean, you obviously dove in head first. 100%. That's crazy. When I said I was going to do it, I'm committed to it. You're going. You're going. All right. So, so now we're, now we're back to the 240 on stage Mm -hmm. bodybuilding. So did you, uh, did you, did that make you, it had to make you feel better about yourself. The way that I looked, absolutely. Yeah, but you had more demons, obviously, that yes. you were dealing with. Yes, um, there was still the never enough feeling and um, all of all of that good stuff. And I've had issues with relationships because, like, I, I I go too far one end, and then I try to make up for that by going too far to the other end. And keep in mind that growing up, I was never exactly like. I was never, I, I, I never had a lot of female attention. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Growing up. Okay. So I didn't have a lot of experience with that. So later in life when I'm a young adult and I start dating and all of that, I didn't know how to conduct myself and all of that. And I never did anything really bad or anything. I just, a lot of my earlier relationships faulted because of me and I didn't, I just didn't know what it really took to be in a relationship. Well, I mean, Hey, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Natural bro. Like you're, you're not, uh, you're not going to know all of that out of the gate and especially coming from, you know, coming from your childhood and, and what you got to see, I'm imagining is probably not setting a super healthy example yeah. of, of what things could be like, right? To say the least. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, you're, I feel like that's a natural response. So you're, you're, you're getting, getting that attention, but you're still not feeling like you're enough and that, that right. you're loved and you know, this type of thing, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And after, it was after my bodybuilding show, um, my bodybuilding coach was a cop, is a cop, excuse me. And if he if he hears this, I never told them this. So, sorry. <laughs> I apologize for this. I didn't do anything, obviously. So, yeah. but my second attempt was actually, um, I had, I I went over to his house um, and we just discussed bodybuilding training and all of that good stuff. And when he went to the bathroom, I actually stole one of his guns. Really? Yeah. Because I was going to take it home and, and kill myself with it. So that conversation wasn't good then? Or, no, no, or, that conversation was good. I was going into that conversation with already with you, the mindset you are, of, you are, I already knew. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, What's crazy is to go through that type of transformation and be that driven physically, right? But still be thinking and, 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 and dealing with something that's so bad on the inside that you're still in that direction, you know? And it, it, it's, uh, it's eye-opening, man. I mean, it's eye-opening to me to hear that because I would think like, okay, now you're feeling better about yourself. That maybe is in the past, mm-hmm. Right. So, so you do that, you, did you go forward with taking the gun or you did? Oh, I, I stole the gun and everything. Yeah. Okay. I okay. stole the gun and everything. And I had that gun pressed against my body for the better part of an hour and a half. Wow. That night. And, and so what's, what's going, what's going through your head at that moment or what did you see or what did you think? 
as far as the motivation to do it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, what's, ha- what's going through? Cause obviously you didn't do it here. You are right here. Right. Right. So what, what, what stopped you from doing it? This time I managed to, I managed to talk myself out of it because I just, I honestly don't know. There was just something, there was a voice inside my head that just said, if you quit now, you quit, you're done. It's, it's over. You don't get a second chance. And that's when I really started contemplating all the things that I've been through and then thinking about all the potential things that I could, I could achieve. So I ultimately was, I ultimately talked myself out of it. I went to, I think I went to his, his house like the, the following day or the day after that. And I just like asked to go to the bathroom and I just tossed the gun in his bedroom and returned. So he ne- never really knew that. That's no. insane, man. That's insane. And I don't think anybody knows that story actually. Yeah. To, to, I mean, to go, to go through that and to, to be thinking those type, type of thoughts, that's, that's deep. Yeah. It's very, very deep, man. Very deep. And to not do it, you, you, there has to be a voice. There has to be something else going on there. There, you know, you're having those, those real things. And like you said, it's a final thing. You, there is no second chance. There is nothing else at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So to think about what you could achieve, what you could do, that's a great way. That's a great way to go forward. Yeah. I would feel like, and I'm thankful you didn't do it. Cause here you are, man. Of course. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like there's a lot more to the story. So at that, at that turning point, cause we're going to call it that, I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I would say so. What, what then happened from there? Well, I felt like I needed a change in my life because bodybuilding, although bodybuilding was a great experience because I learned so much about training, nutrition, supplements and all that good stuff. Yep. But it was also very good because I feel like I was able to prove to myself, like if you set your mind to it, you can do it. Like you lost 140 pounds and got on a bodybuilding stage and you looked like a bag of pudding when you said you were going to do that. <laughs> you've, you've now said mashed potatoes, pudding. Uh, these are all can, descriptive. Can you, can you tell that yeah. I was a fat kid? Yeah. yeah. Hey bro, you, you've, you've now, you've now referred to it in several different ways. I'm just pointing that out. So you look I like, like to a, keep it interesting. Yeah. Hey, I'm just, I'm, I, I could take notes of like all the different things you're saying. Fair enough. So you, you look like that. I mean, yes, there's, there's a significant change. It's not easy, right? It's not easy at all. Is anybody out there that that has been in that position gained a lot of weight tried to take the weight off mm-hmm. there's there's so many different things that can stop you from doing that so 100%. for you to do that and get on a body man stage is commendable number one thank you and and you know it show it shows the drive it shows the motivation it mm-hmm. shows it shows the discipline that you can put on display right is what it does right yeah, yeah yeah and that brought a lot of that to light and it helped me realize that i am capable of anything as long as I, I i work for it and i put my mind to it absolutely so i remember i'm in lancaster city and i'm looking for a different competitive outlet because i'm a lot like you i have that competitiveness i need to not only be doing something physical but i need to have a goal to work towards And I want to be able to put that on display in some kind of a competitive nature. So I did bodybuilding. In my head, there was two avenues that I could go down. There's strongman or there's powerlifting. And actually, my first intention was to get into powerlifting. Interesting. Because powerlifting, if you look at it from the surface level, 
It's three things. Squat, bench, deadlift. It is, yep. Strongman's got what, how, 50 plus things. Uh, almost <laughs> unlimited with all the different variations. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that would be an easier transition to go into to powerlifting. I'll learn these three three things. I'll get very good at them. And then I'll try strongman and I'll do a com- competition and all that. And then I'll pick which one I enjoyed the most and pursue that. So why did you stop bodybuilding though? Did you not oh, enjoy God, the diet? The diet, okay. Oh, okay. God, the diet. Because you're saying you you were, originally you said that you were going to make it to the Olympia. Yeah. Right? I, so I, you <laughs> couldn't take the diet anymore. No, no. I okay. realized that it, like, it wasn't, I, I know that I committed to getting to the Olympia and all that good stuff, but I realized that bodybuilding wasn't for me because I wasn't happy doing it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, and going through it, you'll learn that quickly. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, again, I put everything that I had into it, including wanting to be on the Olympia stage and all that Absolutely. stuff. I, 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 I was dedicated fully to it. No, totally. I get it. I get yeah. it. You go through it, and it's different. So now we're talking powerlifting and strongman. What, yep. Which one came first? So I looked up a local strongman and powerlifting gym that I could go to just to ask some questions <clears throat> because – I never had a serious strength outlet. Every time that I uh, uh, ever ever lifted weights when I was younger and all of that good stuff was either to lose body fat and to get better or was to get more physically fit. I never actually trained for strength until I started strongman ever in my life. Even when I was bodybuilding, I never deadlifted ever. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So I looked up uh, a local powerlifting and strongman gym uh, and it's still my original home gym, Lancaster City, McMillan's Strength and Powerlifting. And I went to the gym. I got a tour of the gym. I met up with the owner, Rick, and I talked to him. And there was somebody there training log while I was taking my tour. All right. Just low-level amateur competitor. And in between his sets, I went up to him, and I asked him a couple questions about log and strongman in general. And he actually invited me to come in and try log with him. Which is awesome because at this stage of my life, being so just completely committed to just the gym in general, I always had my gym bag on me. It was in my car. That's so awesome. He invited me to jump in with him. I was like, oh, So you did it right at that not. moment. Yeah, I jumped in there. That's right awesome. There. Yeah. That's great. I jumped in there right right there with him. Uh I had my little uh Vallejo Walmart weightlifting. Oh yeah. Belt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh my Walmart wrist wraps, the black and yellow ones. Yep, and there you go. I jumped in with him and I actually ended up hitting a three hundred pound log. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. The first time you touched first it. First time I ever touched That's the log. Crazy, I had a three hundred pound log. That's crazy. And what age what age is this? This is twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. Twenty four. Yeah. Okay. So you're Coming off of bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you know, obviously have trained, but like you said, you're not you're not training for strength. You're not right. training for power. You're training to look good, right? And you haven't really done any of this. So to hit a three hundred log the first time is crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I enjoyed it. Bench. I, I guess my benching has always been really, really good, and I guess I had some kind of carryover. I no, mean, don't absolutely. get don't get me wrong. It was it was fuck ugly. <laughs> yeah, hey, you got it, man. You got it. Yep, yep. But I ended up getting it, and uh, he saw that. And he told me that that was really impressive for the first time ever touching a log. And he invited me to come train with him again tomorrow because he was doing farmers. Okay. So I came in. I trained farmers with him. I, I got a membership to McMillan's. Yeah. And I I was still kind of on the fence of powerlifting or strongman. I tried farmers. And I actually ended up training with this guy for the rest of the week. Awesome. Yeah. 
So George Pearson, he's one of my best friends. I consider him like my gym dad. Got it. Um, I love that man to death. I really do. I owe George Pearson everything that I have today. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, I love that's, it. I it's love it's like that neat moment to go full circle from the first time you're walking in the gym doing the bench and that guy looking over and saying, I'm not going to help you, yep. to you walk in this gym for the first time and he invites you to, to come train with him. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm guessing started to show you yeah different things to do and how to do them and how to approach it. Yep. So so did the powerlifting meet ever happen? Nope. That's the question. It didn't. Okay. Nope. I want to say about a week and a half to two weeks into training strongman, um, I was like, found it. That's it. I found it. I love it. I don't need. I don't need to try powerlifting. I f- I don't need to go back to bodybuilding. I found it. That's it. Yeah. Love I, it, I love it. I loved everything about it, and it reminded me a lot of wrestling and why I loved wrestling because it's an individual sport. If I go into a competition and I don't perform, then I examine my performance. I find out where I lacked, and then I go back to the gym and I work on that weakness, and I make amazing. myself better. I and I just I fell in love with the sport, man. That's awesome. I really did. No, it's it's hard not to when you're driven like that and when you're competitive, mm-hmm. and especially when you want to push yourself Mm -hmm. and you're in control. Yep. Right. And and now you found something that you're in control of and your attitude and your effort and your discipline, all of those things show up, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's great. That's great. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. You wouldn't have enjoyed powerlifting as much. I can tell you that. Oh, I knew that I've been to powerlifting meets like supporting friends. Well, who powerlift and all of that. And I got to say, I dodged a huge bullet. (laughs) I can tell you from knowing you that you would have get got bored very quickly. hundred percent. Yeah. There's no way that would have kept your attention or focus for, for any extended period of time. Nope. So you're 100% you picked, you picked correctly, my friend. I couldn't agree more. No. So, so what was, the strongman journey like then so you you get in your training and when did, when did you compete or how soon did you compete well and i wanted i wanted to start by saying um i wasn't familiar with what strongman was when i started training it i knew i knew it was a strength sport and it was on in my mind at the time it was on par with powerlifting like it was one of the big 3 for me powerlifting bodybuilding strongman yeah so that was my extent. I didn't watch it when I was younger. I didn't I didn't know anything about strongman until I was 24. Okay. But just how much I fell in love with it. I mean, that's when I started watching old tapes. That's when I started watching old competitions and training videos and looking up different competitors. And side note, not 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 blowing smoke up your ass, but genuinely speaking, when I got into strongman and I started examining competitors and stuff, you were like my biggest inspiration. That's awesome, man. Because I saw you. My deadlift was dog shit when I started strongman, by the way. It was a 600-pound deadlift. It was hitchy, rounded back, shaking, everything. It was awful. Yeah. And I thought that was because of my height, I was going to be terrible at deadlift. That was just going to be a horrible event for me, and I was was just going to have to make up points everywhere else. Not only because you were American, but because you were so tall and you were just dominating you were do every everything that I thought I was weak in because I was tall. I watched you, and you would do it like it was easy. Yeah. So that gave me the motivation. To, he's tall, and he's doing this shit. I can. So do being it. tall is not an excuse. I am going to work on it. Yeah. I and I speaking to that. I had different people tell me that because I was tall, I wasn't going to be good at different things, right? And and I never listened. Mm-hmm. Never listened. 
And it's neat. It's neat to hear me, to hear you say that to me about that, because I had to kind of fight those battles too, to kind of, I don't want to say prove to people that it was possible, but in a way, kind of right. Because it was this stigma. It was this, Hey, you're tall. You're not going to be good at this. You're not going to be great at that. Whatever, man. So it's neat. It's neat to hear from you that you watch that. And, and mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form, I helped with that for you oh, to God, kind yeah. of kind of pave that way. And, and, uh, now, I mean, look at where you're at now. It speaks volume. So it's, that's yeah. huge. That's huge, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I've, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I've had, I've had people my entire life telling me I wasn't, I wasn't going to amount to anything. I wasn't going to be able to accomplish what I wanted. I remember I had an English teacher when I was in high school. I think when my sophomore or junior year, I told her I wanted to be a pro wrestler with WWE. And she said, you really need to be more realistic about your life goals. Yeah, that's well, (laughs) Uh, those, those people, you know, a lot of times I feel like, I feel like people that say things like that aren't necessarily happy. No, with themselves. No, this and, woman and, was middle-aged, short, and fat. <laughs> well, I, I'm just speaking in general. You know, you could speak about her specifically. That's fine. But uh, you know, in general, a lot of times people around you, if you set a big goal or something that's cr- crazy to most people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you throw it out there, crazy to most people. A lot of times, people will come back and and say, "You can't do this. You can't do that." But a lot of times it's just because they're insecure. Yeah. They are insecure themselves. And if you go out and do something big like that, it will make them feel worse about themselves. Absolutely. Right. And that's them of all the things that they could have done, but chose not to. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. Awesome that you've been able to do that, but you know, you're, so you're getting into the sport, you're doing better Mm. with it. Yeah. And you know that that stage is set. So so, how did it progress? Because I'm I'm guessing that you probably went as strongman the very much the same way. Look, I'm not only going to do this. I want to go to the top. I want to be there. As soon as I was fully committed to strongman, I said my goal is to get to world strongest man and win. Awesome. That was awesome. I said that within two weeks of training it. Yeah. Well, it sounds it sounds like par for the course, it's right? A con- it's it's yeah, a consistent yeah. uh, consistent thing in my life. Yeah. 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 You're going to go all in, man. Yep. So. so I'm training, I'm, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting all the beginner gains and all of that good stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm working, just trying to get more familiar with the implements, getting stronger, trying to build my, uh, my, my ability of being faster, stronger, all of that good stuff. And yeah, I think by the time that I felt like I was ready, I was actually pushed into it again by George Pearson to yep. start competing. We found a competition. It was North Carolina's Strongest Man. And it was in 2018. That was my first competition ever. And I chose that competition, or should I say I was coaxed into doing that competition because the winner of the open, the open heavyweight category got an invite to Giants Live. And awesome. I knew in my head, through all my re- research and everything, Giants Live equals World's Strongest Man. You yeah, get it's there. on the path, for sure. Exactly. Yep, yep. So... In my mind, all right, well, this is how I can push to get to World's Strongest Man is going to Giants Live. Absolutely. So I go to North Carolina's Strongest Man, and it's it's funny because I, I, I obviously I was a no-name. Nobody knew who I was. I showed up to the competition, and until about halfway through the competition when I started winning, nobody like really said anything to me or talked to me, really? which is fine. Yeah. I get that. I'm, I'm new. Nobody really knows me. I, I, I get that. 
And yep. uh, <clears throat> I uh, I start going through the competition and I start winning. And around the third event is when everybody started coming up to me and started asking questions like where I came from and um, uh, like like how'd you get here and all of that good stuff. And I ended up winning that entire competition. And if I remember correctly, I there was a six stone series, and I only had to load two stones to win. That's awesome. I was so far ahead. That's awesome. So great. I mean, that had to solidify all of it. Yeah. In that moment, that was right? the first step towards. That was the first step towards like, yeah, this is definitely the right path. That's awesome. So you got your invite from that then. I did. And you, you competed, was it North American? North America's okay. in 2018. Okay, okay. And uh, I competed in that. That was the first time I met, like, Colin Bryce, Darren Sadler. Um, that was the first time I met Rob Kearney, Mark Felix, Lawrence Chalet, uh, Trey Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of names there, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I obviously, I made a lot of rookie mistakes. I made... Like, the events were good for me, and my strength was there. I just made so many mistakes, and I ended up coming in eighth place. All right. So, all right then. So, there goes that. So, I'm going to go back to training, and I'm going to make sure that I don't make those mistakes again. Yep. I can promise you one thing. If I make a mistake in a competition, I'm not going to make that mistake again. 100%. I'm not. 100%. So, I go back to training, and... Everything is going really well. My numbers just keep going up and up. I start getting faster. I get better conditioned and all of that. And a decent amount of time goes by, and I'm offered a wild card invite to come to Giants Live in 2019 to do the North American. Same show. Martinsville, Indiana in 2019. I'm offered the same, I'm offered the same opportunity, and I went there, and I won. That's awesome. So a year later, come back and win. I won. Yeah. That's killer, man. Everybody, Rob Kearney, Kevin Fairs, Mark Felix, Trey Mitchell, Bobby Thompson. They were yep. all there. Yeah. Beat them all. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then I actually was given the opportunity because of my performance there to go compete in Giants Live, the World Open. It was in Manchester. And that was the first time I was ever out of the country, which was very exciting. Yeah. And side note. I never considered myself somebody who was ever interested in traveling at all. Never had an inkling for it. Never gave a shit, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm happy with my life and where I'm at and what I'm doing, so I don't need to travel. I don't need any of that crap. And I was actually, I actually just fell in love with traveling. I really love traveling, like all over the United States. Uh, to different countries, to see different cultures, different try different foods, meet different people from different walks of life. I love that. Yeah, I really. Do. I can t- I can tell that you do. Yeah, and yeah. strong strong men open that door. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know if I ever would have discovered that about myself if I wasn't if I wasn't doing strong man. That's neat, man. That's yeah. Neat. But back so you to do, the story. Yeah. Do the the world open then? Yep. I do okay. the world open. I end up coming in fifth. That was the year Mateus Kieliskowski won. Mm, excuse me. And, um, yeah, so because of that performance, I was on the circuit. I guess you could say I'm on the pro circuit now. And I actually, um, I was actually given the opportunity, uh, one of the guys who runs the Arnold South Africa, the Arnold World Tour Series was still a thing at this point in yes. time. Yep. And uh, the man, the man uh, Gerard... Gerard, who runs the Arnold South Africa, reached out to me 
and actually offered me an opportunity to uh, come out and compete in the Arnold Africa, which I thought was awesome because obviously when you start strongman, the two big competitions at the time, the two big competitions was World's Strongest Man and the Arnold. That's it. Yep, yep. So I, I was like, absolutely, this is just another this is just another path for me to go to get to the highest level. So I went to uh, South Africa, Johannesburg. I had a great time. I competed against Alexei Novikov for the first time. Um, I want to go. Actually, well, I want to go on record because this is like my third or fourth competition at this point on the pro circuit. Well, yeah, on the pro circuit, and I beat Mateusz Kilskowski and Alexei Novikov on a four hundred pound farmer's walk and a truck pull. That's awesome. I got them both. So That's awesome. I'm man. proud of that. That's a feather in my cap. Should be proud on of it. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, I ended up coming in fifth overall, which is totally fine. I was still just kind of wetting my feet in the pro circuit. Um, it was the first time that I got to meet Arnold, which was really cool. Yep. Um, obviously, the the story you hear a hundred times. Like I grew up watching his movies, and he was an inspiration for the gym, all of that good stuff. Yep. So that was pretty cool. That was something to check off of the bucket list too. And after that, I actually was given the opportunity, because of my performance there, I was given an opportunity to perform in the Arnold Canada, the Warwick show. Yes. Yeah. Good show. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. I loved that show. I had yeah, yeah. so much fun doing that show. Yeah. That was a hard show, but it was awesome. It's a oh, great crowd up awesome. there, man. The yeah. crowd was so good. Yeah. 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 Um, I actually ended up coming in third in that competition. So, so you're progressively getting better. Better and better. Yeah, uh, that was my first Arnold podium, and I was super happy about that. Um, yeah, and then after that, it was pretty much just trying to get ready for World's Strongest Man 2020. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you were at you were at World's Strongest Man in 2019, though. Yes, I was because yep. of uh, because of my performance in North America's. I was actually given the opportunity to come to World's Strongest Man as an alternate and an equipment tester, and that's when I got to meet you for the yep. first time, and I still. I still love that story. I've I've shared that story like three times this weekend already. Yeah. I, well, do you mind if I share it? Again? Uh, please, because man. I want I want to I want to yeah, yeah. put spotlight on 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 a really important, I would say, pivotal moment in my strongman career. So this was the first time that I've got to meet uh, all of the really really big names. It's the first time that I met Thor, uh, Eddie Hall, like all of the guys, and this was the first time that I met you. Now I haven't seen you since the competition started and like obviously like i'm not trying to be like that like fanboy essentially because you're you're like brian shaw and i'm like for first year at world's strongest man equipment tester yeah nobody, of, course, of course yeah, yeah. and i didn't want to be anything that could potentially disrupt your process for competing at world's strongest man so for the most part every time i saw you i just kind of kept my distance and left you alone and I remember you were getting ready for, you were outside of the athlete's tent and you were getting ready for, I believe Stones was the last, it was the last event and you were getting ready for that. And in my head, I thought to myself, this is the, this, this is probably going to be your last opportunity to talk to this guy before <laughs> yeah. like we all go back home. So you might want to take advantage of this now. He doesn't look too busy right now. So just, <laughs> just do, 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 just go for it. So yeah. I went up to you. And I introduced myself, and I said, excuse me, Mr. Shaw, my name is Evan Singleton. I'm brand new to the circuit. I'm really new to straw man. Um, if you don't mind, if you have a second, if I could just ask you, what 
kind of advice would you give to somebody in my position? I'm still very new to the sport. I'm still learning the ropes of competing and training and the events and everything. This is a brand new world to me. Yep. And I remember you being so welcoming and so willing to share experiences and and go over everything and not just like glaze over a bunch of different topics but actually go into detail about everything and we stood there for probably 15 20 minutes yeah before um andy actually called you into the athlete tent and you were you were like okay i need to go do my leg compressions walk with me and yep. you actually invited me back to your part of the athlete tent yep, yep. where I sat next to you while you were doing your leg compression stuff. And we just kept talking for like another 20, 30 minutes. Yep. And then that's when you had to start getting ready and focused and all of that good stuff. So, but like what that did for me, it, it, it showed me so much of the type of person that you are, but also it really opened my eyes to what this sport is as far as the camaraderie and the brotherhood and and wanting to see everybody succeed. It's just something that you don't see in any other sport, which is what I think part of the reason what makes strongman so special is that it's just, we care about each other. You don't like genuinely care about each other. Yeah. You don't see that in any other sport. No, you, you don't, you don't really. And, and I mean, I obviously remember that too. And, and uh, it's neat. And I would do that all again. Yeah. the same way right it, mm-hmm. it would be you know for you or for somebody else you know it'd be the, it'd be the same thing in a lot of ways but um you know it's neat it's neat to see it come full circle because there's only been a couple guys that have that have talked to me or or asked questions that way that have actually kind of followed through mm-hmm. and been able to take that next step yeah right and and you're one of those guys that did that and it's I can only think of a couple where I met somebody that was kind of in that, that type of situation. And then they were able to to kind of take the next step. And, and um, it's neat for me to, to be able to have those moments because you, Mm. you, you, I have those moments, but to like, like for you to kind of pay the compliment back in a way, it's like you took what I said and listened and, and, you know, part of the reason I spent so much time with you there was I could tell that you were passionate about it and that you you were were thinking about what I was saying and it was genuine right and I, and you can tell really quickly right cuz i could yeah. tell you were passionate i could tell from the way that you were approaching everything at world strongest man that year that you wanted to be there 100% that you 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 wanted to to be in that role and you wanted to be earn a spot at the table so to speak right and so it's easy to talk more to somebody like that too, because the passion is there and I could see that. So, you know, it, it's, um, it's neat that it, that it worked out the way that it did. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of come full circle that now we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. which back then, who knows if we don't have that conversation where you go, whatever. Right. Right. So it's neat. It's neat for me to, to, to hear you say that and, and to kind of have it, have it come all the way back. Right. right. It's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So you then, through your performances, mm-hmm. earned your spot at World's Strongest Man in 2020. I did. Right? So from 2019, now 2020, weird year, mm-hmm. obviously, strange the whole situation, very whatever, weird. which we don't need to go oh, into. Oh, we don't but need to acknowledge that. No, no, no. But you're you're at, at World's Strongest Man in 2020, and something happens there 
in the qualification group, right? Yeah. So t- talk about that. Talk about how how that came up and and you know where you were at because you were doing well. I was winning my heat. Yeah, winning your heat to then what happened? Um, we I'm I'm in a great position to win my heat. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. My conditioning is on point. Strength is there. Get into the last event of the heat, which was uh, double dumbbell clean and press medley into a circus dumbbell for reps. Yep. And I do all of the double dumbbells with no issues, felt strong. And then we got to the dumbbell. And as soon as I picked up the circus dumbbell, I felt something was off. But I cleaned it. I got a press with it. I dropped it. And then I grabbed it again for the next rep. And the second that it left the ground, my arm popped. And through my experiences of talking to guys, knowing that that injury is the most that injury is the most common and reoccurring injury in strongman. I knew what it was the second it happened. But in my mind, I only thought two things. This is your first world strongest man, so you better not fucking give up. Yep. You are setting the tone for the rest of your career. I don't care you have to I don't care if you die. You have to go. Yep. And two, it's already gone. So what could it hurt? Go for another rep. Sure. It. So obviously when it popped, I dropped it. So we're talking about it to, for those people. Evan's talking was, about was, torn by. I was going to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's storytelling, bro. No, hey, man. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Most common injury, you're like, you're you're dancing around it without saying it. That's yeah. <laughs> But uh, obviously I felt that first pop. I dropped it. I had that thought process. So I went for another dumbbell. I went for another rep. I grabbed it, and as I'm cleaning it, it pops two more times. Yeah. So three pops all together. And the second that I take my stabilizing hand off the dumbbell, just shooting pain up my arm, yep. like all the way up my arm. I go for the press. I don't get it. And the set, and that was that was about the whistle blew. And uh, my actually my old my old wrestling kind of like the ingraining of pro wrestling came in because if you watch the clip of me doing that, I actually look at the medical assistant and I cross my arms like that. Cause in pro wrestling, this means somebody's really hurt. Okay. And the medical staff needs to come down and take care of them. Yeah. So if you watch the clip of me doing that, I actually look at the medical staff and like my arm is down here and I go, I go like that. Like oh, something's man. actually wrong. And they, they essentially, they take my arm. They ask me what I'm feeling, what's going on. When did it happen? All of that good stuff. They scan my arm, and it turns out that I tore my distal bicep tendon completely off, almost completely off the bone. Yeah. So dead-armed, couldn't really move it or bend it. And uh, fun fact, through that experience, uh, looking back at it, this was a nightmare to deal with. But the guy, uh, the medical director who told me that said, it's about 95% of the way off the bone. It's holding on by a thread that thread's not going to hold. So at some point tonight in your sleep, you're going to move and the rest of it's going to go and it's going to be painful. Interesting. And sure enough, it did. Really? Three o'clock in the morning. He I called that. that. Yeah, he wow. called it. Okay. It was like three, three o'clock, uh, like three, three thirty in the morning. I remember, I remember just waking up in agonizing pain. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. awful. <laughs> that was awful. And, it it was it was soul crushing to me. Of course, it was soul crushing to me because it was my rookie year. I was on a tear. I was yep. doing great. This is my first injury. This is my first major injury in yep. strong man. Yep. It happened at at the world's at world's strongest man. The the reason why I train as hard as I do. Of course, um, 
but there was a lot of stuff that not a lot of people knew about um, pertaining to this. I didn't have, I didn't have a very stable work, work. uh, Like I didn't have a very stable job at the time. So money was very inconsistent. Of course. And there, there was, there was a couple of times where I was actually living in my car, man. Yeah. And Le- leading up to the world's strongest man. Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Times got really hard, man. Yeah. I remember this, this is kind of why I don't take, like I, I react harshly to excuses. I yeah. really do because, and I'll give you a perfect example. Leading up to world's strongest man, I had no money in my bank account and I was scavenging through my car looking for change. And I was hungry and I needed gas. And I thought to myself, I can either get gas and go to the gym and train, or I can stay here and I can get food. I found $4.11 in my car. I put $4.11 in the gas and I went to the gym. That's crazy. I have chosen to go to the gym and train over eating. So until somebody is at that level of like that, that level of desperation, don't talk to me about your excuses. Yeah, that's well, your, your excuses are invalid. hundred percent. Right. And you've believed lived it. Yeah. Those moments. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't, I did not know that Mm -hmm. going in, but I mean, it's, you know, to put, to put that into it and have it go so well up to that moment. Now that is very crushing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's very real, very crushing. Yeah, yeah, because I remember one of the first things that I thought of was how how am I gonna eat next week? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was not easy. Yeah. And this would also hurt my ability to find a job because now I only have one arm. Yeah. And you gotta heal from that. Yep. That's not that's not gonna be easy. Yeah. So it's more adversity, man. Yeah. More adversity and, and uh you know, you bounce back and I, I you know, remember Telling you even at that contest, I said, look, I've been through it, mm-hmm. right? You know, I can, if I can help you out, like different recovery, whatever. Yeah, I remember that. You know, and, and it, 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 uh, it's not fun to go through, man. It, no. it, it really knocks you down, and, and um, it's mm-hmm. something that, that in every instance when it does happen, it's tough, right? It's yeah. tough, and it, especially in that moment, and I guarantee it made you stronger. I would agree. It did. I would yeah, agree. Yeah. So well, you got you got through it. You got through it. You found yeah. a way. Yeah. You found well, a way. This is the type of person that I am. And I want to start this by saying I don't condone this. Don't do this. <laughs> this is the type of person that I am. The day after I got my bicep tendon reattached, yep. I was in the gym squatting. Yeah. So was I. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I do condone it. I do condone it. <laughs> I was. Well, it says something about you, man. I had a safety squat bar. Yep. Yep. Safety and, and, squat bar. And it yep. was. I. I came back and and I. I could not get in there soon enough. Mm-hmm. So, yep. kudos to that, brother. I love it. I love it, and I do condone it. So, well, can- <laughs> the reason why I don't condone it is because a lot of a lot of that I kind of contribute to the reason, and it's actually funny because everybody always looks at my arms. I've torn both my biceps. And the one on my right arm is what a scar should look like for that surgery. The one on my left arm that I got from 2020, it looks like someone took a hatchet to my elbow. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So So why why is that? Oh, it's because the stitches got pulled apart and sweat got 
got in the wound, which actually caused a minor infection, which is the reason why I have a giant gash on my elbow now. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So you, the sweat is from the gym? Is that why you're yeah. saying yeah. you don't control? Okay, 100%. Okay. That's why I say well, you like- you need to keep it clean. What are you doing? That's, what, that's one of the mistakes <laughs> that I made, Brian. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. My, mine's fine. It's normal. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it must right. be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean- <laughs> Try to keep it sanitary, bro. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Anyway. Well, so, I learned my lesson because now you see that my right arm doesn't look like I was attacked by a No, it's better. Yeah, it's better. Hey, bro, you got an interesting scar. They all tell a story. Mm, that That's definitely a story right Yeah, there. it is. It that's is. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, you want to hear something really gross? Yes. All right. So it's it's starting to get infected like visibly i can tell like it's kind of warm it's starting to like like protrude a little bit okay i can tell that there's something going on there yep and one night i'm at a commercial gym and i'm doing my safety box squat uh safety bar squat excuse me and i'm doing 500 pounds and i'm just doing sets of five okay and i'm doing my reps one two three four and on five i go all the way down and as i come out of the hole and i start driving up i feel my left arm get really really warm and I'm like, that's not what squats are supposed to feel like. No. So I rack it. And then as soon as I rack it, I step out. I look at my arm. My arm is covered in blood. Oh. And the floor below me is covered in green pus. That's disgusting. I, hey, I said it was gross. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> okay. So, that, so green pus and blood. Yeah. Awesome. And there was, there was actually chunks on the floor in the green pus too. Chunks? So, chunks, Yeah. So did it, it, I'm assuming it burst open. Hundred percent. Yeah, the pressure of me, me wow. squatting actually made my 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 surgery scar explode. So did you have to go back in then? Or yep. what and yeah. get like an antibiotic done? I got or? an antibiotic, they cleaned it out and they wow, pretty much said, Hey shithead, let this close this time before you go back to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Man of life. All right. Yes, yeah. chunks, chunks. Chunks. That's impressive. I'm talking about chunks like the size of a how size much of did a it dime. open? How much it, all the way like right there wow and so right did they there. have to sew it back up or no no they didn't have to sew it back up is that why it scarred the way it did i'm assuming. right okay. right okay. yeah it's it's really for those who can't see it's really really long and pulled apart so kind of yeah let it close before you before you get sweat in there and go back to the gym yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you i mean you, you, that's yeah i don't even know what to say more than that but yes <laughs> follow the, follow that advice yeah but i remember uh, getting into the mindset of that was my first world strongest man. That's how it's going to go down in history. And I'm not happy about that at all. Cause I'm on the verge of getting to the final, my rookie year. Yep. And now I'm injured and I'm, I'm done for the rest of the year. And then I remember that injury actually cost me a spot at the first shot classic. It did. You were, did. you invited That's right. me to that. That's right. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. It did. Yep. Yeah. So I was super bummed about that. And yeah, of I, course, naturally you would be man. Right. You know, but right. You're coming back and, and um, so how long did it take in the healing process before you felt like you were back, you could go for it, it wasn't affecting you mentally? Mentally, I actually, I, I will I will say this, I was never mentally really affected by any of the events. I was able to go to, as soon as my arm felt good and I wasn't pushing it, I was able to get under a circus dumbbell like it was nothing. I had no, no problem. mental block about it at all. I really when, when did you feel like you were strong again after? I mean, how many was it? I want to say six that it, months or something. Oh no, I want to say it took about three months. 
So you were push. You were pushing pretty I hard. I was pushing then. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was pushing it really because you needed to. Go, I'm imagining you're feeling pressure. Like I got to get back to it here. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the almost. I'm feeling almost the expectation of not only from myself but from like everybody who's seen me perform thus far. It's like this guy is capable of great things. He just yeah. needs to. Mm. So now I'm like, okay, well now I need to hone it in. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm training like a madman. I think I'm overhead pressing out of the rack like 430, 443 months after surgery. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. That, yeah. That's pushing maybe a little bit too hard. I don't know no, if yeah. I condone that, but yeah. it's what you <laughs> well, do, Well, I man. do condone it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, okay, we can go back and forth with that. That's fair. That's fair. But, so, uh, so you're back, back to competing. And then I'm imagining you're really setting your sights on Worlds in, in 2021. Yep. Right? Yep. I was uh, invited to Worlds 2021, and that was my marker. That's what I wanted to – that's where I wanted to push really hard. I focused all my energy and attention on it, so I went after it. It was the first competition of the entire year, and I had already spoken to um, – I had already spoken to uh, Darren Sadler and he had offered me an opportunity to compete at Giants Live in 21. So I had another competition lined up afterwards and I was getting ready for 21. I felt so good getting into it. Everything was going great. Diet well, you came, point. you came out to train with me too, right before I did, right yeah, before I yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. That was the first time that I actually got to come out to Colorado too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And you were that looking was, good too, man. I felt yeah, really yeah. good, man. I we had talks really about that. And yep. so what happened with 21? Unfortunately, I succumbed to what can only be described as some kind of food poisoning or stomach virus. Yeah. And it got to the point where, I mean, you remember seeing me uh, the second day that we were there just doing media and stuff like that. I actually missed the rules meeting because I was in my bed uh, in my hotel, just literally only getting up to throw up. It's horrible. have like the worst violent diarrhea ever. Yeah. It was bad. I lost yeah. 40 pounds in three days. Yeah, it's, that's really nasty, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember I couldn't, even dr- I couldn't even drink water because the second that I would, I would try to swallow, it would make me throw up. Yeah. I remember all throughout the night, multiple times, I would get so, like, cold, shivering, violently shivering and shaking. Yeah. I would actually get into the shower, turn the water on all the way, and just sit there. Just to try to warm up. Just and, to try to warm up. Yeah. It was That's, awful. It was hell, man. People don't, people don't realize, well, I think people do realize you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to compete at the highest level of strongman. Yeah. Not, not a good combination. No, no. Yeah. There, was, there was multiple different people. I had judges, other, the, other competitors, people coming up to me going, I'm amazed that you're not getting hurt doing this. Yeah. Because well, you're dehydrated I now. I was dehydrated. Beyond I was belief. super yeah. pale and yeah. white. Um, I was super deflated. Like, I felt like crap yeah, the entire totally. time I was there. Yeah. And I remember just thinking to myself, did this? Did I really just, just get screwed at Worlds again? Yeah. Like, really? Yep. And I remember that putting such a chip on my shoulder. Totally. <laughs> that made me so angry because now people are starting to doubt my capabilities and abilities and like you can only tune so much of that shit out and it'll catch you on a bad day eventually yeah and it'll get to you it'll eat at you yeah and people are starting to doubt my abilities and they're starting to question whether i belong on the circuit at all or at worlds and it just fucking eats at me if if you look at it man it's it's um 
the uh, the man in the arena, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's so easy to cast judgment to, you know, point a finger at at somebody that's doing something that's going after it, mm-hmm. right? And and those people that are on the sidelines that are never in the game, yeah, they they are the ones that say things. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, they're, they're the, also the ones that are never, ever going to step between those lines and put themselves out there to fail or to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to remember that you have to remember that what they say doesn't really hold a lot of weight. Right. So one of the things that I said before is, is I will not take criticism from somebody. I would not ask for advice. I like that. Right. So and and if you remember that, if you remember that, it'll take you a long way, right? So you, you see comments and now it's more readily accessible than ever oh, yeah. for people to make comments and people to make whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Critique videos and this type of thing. Right. And they're they're all gonna say, Well, Evan this, Evan that, right? Well, those people aren't with you. Those people aren't in your shoes, those mm-hmm. people aren't walking down the path. And most of them that are making those type of comments have never put themselves out there to succeed or fail or been in that situation. Right. Right. So there's no reason to really put a lot of weight into what they're saying. And I think that that for you going through what you've gone through, not only in, in 2021 with that whole situation, but also in 2022, right? World's yeah. Strongest Man, the same thing. So now it's it's this string of world's strongest man you're going in and and uh you know having these things happen whatever they might be right injury sickness you know and then it was anaphylactic shock shock. is that yeah which is so strange yeah so strange for you and and you know again you're walking in and and um you're coming back but but the thing is too man that you have to remember with yourself is through all of it you haven't given up Mm. right and you haven't thrown in the towel and you're still stepping up and saying, look, I'm coming, I'm bringing it, I'll be ready, mm-hmm. right? So that's what's important for you to remember. That's that's all I'm saying, right? So to, to all the people that may cast judgment or or throw this opinion around, whatever, who cares, Yeah, right? Who who really cares? And, and I think that, you know, going into World's Strongest Man this year, it's, it's important for you to remember that too because it doesn't really matter, right? Like they're going to have an opinion, but at the end of the day, man, uh, opinions people everybody's gonna have an opinion right they're, yeah. they're gonna come with this opinion and, and you know for you as you evolve and as as you get better and as you get further into your career those those opinions are are they're really not gonna hold a lot of weight and what somebody said in 2021 or 2022 eventually when it's it's years down the road and you've been able to have more success and you've done more things those people that made that comment in, in 2021, I mean, look at me, man. They There's people that made comments about me back in, gosh, they were doing articles and different things about me in 2000, 2006, right? And people were like, oh, Brian's nothing. Like, he's not going to do anything. He's never going to amount to anything. If he was going to do something, he would have already done it. Literally, that was the comment. I would love to talk to that person now. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and what would they say now? What would that person say to me now? They wouldn't have anything to say. Right. Because I've, I've not only have I proved it, I proved it again and again and again 
right? So you have that same opportunity in front of you. And I know I'm going off on a little tangent. No, no, please. But, you know, for you, that's what's, it's it's important for you to remember that, you know, as you're going through this and your journey, because we're all going to have ups, ups, we're all going to have downs. and, And that's part of... It's part of competition. It's part of what makes it so great, man. It's it's these these stories and the journey that you go down and, and the power that you draw from that. And it's also what motivates you will motivate other people too, right? right. So you draw on that motivation and, um, you know, it's only going to make you more hungry. And then when you do have the success, all of this is going to make it more worthwhile because you you had to go through these speed bumps and through these obstacles and through these challenges to get there, right? right. So if it came easy, if it all f- fell together naturally, the very first time you touch something, would it be as rewarding? Right. Right? It probably wouldn't be, right? So it, it, your story is unique to you, and you have to remember that. So, you know, I want you to keep that in mind, but, you know, going through going through you know 2022 is a whole different animal right like you're coming in and now you've got this weird anaphylactic shock you're going off and i remember thinking to myself like man this is it's just crazy it's crazy to deal with you know at the same time right so you're how did you feel coming out of that angry more anger yeah yeah i would say definitely more anger because I work, I work so hard. I really do. Like I, I, I give everything that I have to this, to this sport to be the best that I can be, to be as strong and as fast as I possibly can be. And I would have no issue if I went to worlds and I got beat. I wouldn't have a problem with that because I would be able to look at where I lacked and be able to move forward and make myself better and come back next year better. Yep. The part that eats at me and the part that makes me resentful and upset is I feel like every time that I've had the opportunity to compete at World's Strongest Man, I've never been able to showcase my ability and to put all of my hard work and sacrifice on display. That's the part that really eats at me the most. I get... get, discredited all of the time because of things that happened to me outside of my control at worlds. If I got beat, I'm more than happy to shake the guy's hand who beat me, say congratulations, and then just go back to the drawing board and, and make myself better. But to show up to something that I've dedicated my entire life for and, and worked so hard and sacrificed so much, I've lost girlfriends, I've lost jobs, I've been homeless, I've, I've been starving, I have I could I could tell the emotion. I love it, man. But here, okay, listen to me, right? All of that, what you have to think, what you have to think right now is what is in your control right now? Because you have gone through that and this, what I'm seeing right now, I like because you can channel that and you can bring it, right? You can bring it to the table, but what's what's in your control at this moment? Right. So none none of that that's outside of your control. And you're exactly right. So coming into World's Strongest Man this year, you now have a new opportunity. But all of that that you're just mentioning, right? The 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 injury, 
the uh, sickness and the, the anaphylactic shock, all of that the last three years, right? None of that now is within your control at this very moment, which is a good thing. So what is in control is, is right now your attitude, which you're, you're bringing the attitude, your effort, you're bringing that to the table. All of your performance this year is still within your control. It's still, that story has yet to be written. You see what I'm saying? So I love, I love where you're going with this. I'm getting fired up talking to you, which is great. But it's, it's like, you can channel that. You can channel that. And that's what I, that's what I would love to see you do is channel it in, into, yes, what you're bringing to the table, but channel it in into a spot where you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. And because that's not going to define you, right? That's what, that's what you have to think is, is all of that past stuff. That's ultimately not going to define you. And anybody that's saying any of that, just like what I just said, doesn't matter because your, your next chapter is still to be written. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So you have that, you have that opportunity and you have sacrificed all of that. And it has made you stronger because everything that we all go through and I've had the, and this is not about me. It's your, I want you to have the platform to talk about you and, and what you've gone through, but I've gone, I've gone through very hard things too. Right? right. And those moments make you stronger. They will make you stronger. hundred percent. They will. I can tell man. Right. So you're a success story because what, what you have gone through has got you to this point. Right. So instead of thinking about it in a negative way and and having it negatively impact you, now let's 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 flip the script on it a little bit and go more toward a positive where you're going to be in a positive spot now because you're thinking about what you can control, right? right. And you you can control all of it, man. It's still the every all the scoreboards at zeros. Right? Right now. We've got a, we've got a couple weeks here leading up and the scoreboard's still at zeros. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that opportunity is still in front of you, which is exciting. You know? So that that's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about that. And I mean, man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to me what you've gone through, what you've had to overcome. And and uh, you know, the fact that that you've you've come from all of that and you're here now where you are, it's amazing. It's awesome, right? It's great. And and I I think that you have to be okay, be okay with that, that it's great that, that you've got to this point where you are and, and know that you, that you're enough, right? That you're enough in this moment, you're enough. And that there's, there's a lot of people that will draw inspiration from you, from what, from what you've gone through and this story. And I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people listen to this man and, and, and they can take something away from it with what they're going through, what they have gone through. Because at the end of the day, man, you, you are in a position where you can be an example to a lot of people as well. And that's, that's huge, man. It's huge. And that, that impact, you know, for whatever reason, all the stuff that you've had to go through, that, that impact can be huge, right? And so you have to think that way too. But, but you know, positive vibes going in, right? Because all of this world's strongest man stuff at the end of the day, the years are going to go by. They are right. So you get caught up and I know it seems like this huge thing at the moment because it is, it is a huge thing, but the only real positive 
thing that, that, that is, is awesome really is that there's always another chapter. There always can be another chapter, right? So, you know, ultimately, yes, the first three maybe didn't work out the way that you wanted. You didn't get to put it all on display, but now you can. Right. Right. So I think that that's, I know I'm kind of talking more, a little bit more about that, whatever, but I think that it, it's, it's important for you to, to be able to embrace that as, as you're going in. And I think that it can be great, man. I mean, you have to be feeling good. Yeah. You have to yeah. be feeling good. I feel dangerous. Yeah, I do. Yeah, which is awesome, man. I mean, it, it, we've had a we've had a, a great uh, great training mm-hmm. here, absolutely. Which which is awesome, and and uh, I got to, I got to see all of that on display too, which is awesome. So it's it's one of those things where, um, you should be excited. I mean, do you feel excited? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the it's the Super Bowl of our sport. It's it's the reason why most of us got into pursuing this at such a hard and intense level. Yeah, is going to world's strongest man. I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, my, the wallpaper of my cell phone is literally that trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that every time I unlock my phone. Yeah, I, I, I live for this. This is That's this awesome, is what man. I want. This is what I want to do with my life. Yep. Well, you're doing it. Yeah. It's not what you want to do. It's what you're doing. Yeah, it's awesome. Want to be doing anything else? No, 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 no. Well, I I think that's a great stopping point, man. And I'm excited for your next chapter. I'm excited for the potential, right? What you can mm-hmm. do, and I think that you should be excited about that too. And I I think anybody that 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 listen to this can take away a lot. Honestly, I think they can take away a lot of inspiration. I think they can take away a lot from you, from your story, from what you've had to go through. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, anybody listening could look themselves in the mirror and say, look, I can be better too, right? And I can overcome this. And, and uh, you know, at, at any time, I think it's it's important, you know, with, with some of the topics that were a little bit deeper that we got into, I think it's important for people to realize that that you can always find a way to get through the toughest moment and, and, and flip it and turn it into a positive. Yeah. You know, and I think that that, that speaks volumes about you, man. Cause you haven't, you haven't given up even in the very, very hardest moments that you've gone through and you've overcome a lot, man, you know, and it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. I love it, bro. I love it. Love it. Love it. So we've got to get you to sleep. Yeah. This might be the record for the latest podcast world record. No, not, not might. it is. It is. It is literally, Evan has set the record for the latest podcast we've ever done, but I was not going to let you go home without getting this in, man. And I'm, <laughs> I'm super, super glad and thankful that you shared everything that you did here because it's not easy to do. It's not easy to share that stuff and, you know, to talk about those things. But those those stories will help people. They'll help people, man. And I'm, I'm thankful that you... Um, thankful that you talked about it, bro. Oh, I, really, really I appreciate so. the opportunity. And... Can I just say before before we do our sign off, I just want to say that it it means the world to me, uh, and I know I, I I'm going to speak for myself, but I know the other guys feel the same way. It means the world to me to be here, sitting down and talking with you, and training with you, going out to eat with you, spending time with you and your beautiful family, and it on on a very personal level, it means the absolute world to me that I'm going to be able to share the field with you in your last worlds. That's something that I, I will cherish just as much as any title. I love it, bro. That means a lot to me, man. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. If you're not following Evan, please go give him a follow your, your social media. I am on Instagram. I have Evan underscore T-Rex underscore strongman, And I'm also on YouTube, Evan T-Rex Singleton. Perfect. Perfect. Go check him out. Give him some love. Appreciate you guys. Hope you're all doing amazing for now. Go out and be great. And we'll check you guys later.